Assessing President Obama's IT security legacy through the cybersecurity framework. A special report coming up in this edition of the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. We're devoting today's ISMG Security Report to a panel of leading cybersecurity thought leaders analyzing what some consider the Obama administration's hallmark IT security achievement, the February 2013 issuance of Executive Order 13636, which aims to improve critical infrastructure, cybersecurity, and resilience. The panel includes former FBI Deputy Assistant Director for Cyber Stephen Chabinsky, former federal CIO Karen Evans, Internet Security Alliance CEO Larry Clinton, and one-time White House Senior Director for Cybersecurity and Special Assistant to the President, Ari Schwartz. First up, Ari Schwartz. I think for the first time, it got government to do what it could responsibly do in terms of getting more information out, first of all, to the public. And we've demonstrated that that has worked in that previously, almost no individual companies were being given signatures immediately and being told when they were breached immediately. And now that we're talking about thousands of companies being told uh, immediately because of the executive order alone. And then number two, on the framework, we have moved from a, a discussion of a compliance discussion to a risk management discussion that's really being led by industry. Karen Evans. Executive order was really good because it set the tone from the top and was very clear to the agencies of what needed to happen. For years, it talked about information sharing and it happened, I always want to say personality-based. So if you had good relationships with the FBI or if you had good relationships with certain people at personality levels, then information sharing would happen. It still is going to happen, but this took it up a level and made sure that it did happen through mechanisms that were in place or that new mechanisms that needed to be in place. The framework really move forward that common look of framing the problem, of really trying to say in a common language, in a common approach that you're looking at the problem through the same lens because this is such a large area. It's such a complex area that it's hard for people to get their minds focused around it and realize what their responsibilities are. Like CEOs know that they're responsible for it, but when the incident is happening or when the FBI knocks on your door is not the time for you to figure out that this is what I should be doing or this is what my responsibility is. It helps you to get focused and really look at the problem through a common lexicon with everyone else. Larry Clinton. The process that was used to develop the framework was, I think, by all measures, well received by industry, by government. And I think it's really the model for how the public-private partnership, which we all agree needs to be implemented, ought to be worked. The area that I frankly just cannot understand the resistance to is the testing of the framework. And I appreciate that testing is hard, but we test hard things all the time. Testing for cost-effectiveness is hard. But every federal regulations goes through a cost effectiveness test. We are certainly able to do a test of the framework to lay down some markers and try to make some progress so that we can tell small business in particular, these are the elements of the framework that are most likely to be cost effective for you to implement. Because right now, small businesses look at it, they say 92 subcategories, they say, you know, this is way over my head. This is designed for the IBMs of the world. I'm not doing it. If we followed through on what's in the executive order and prioritize these things and demonstrated cost effectiveness and provided incentives where they are appropriate, I think we could get much better uptake of this voluntary framework that we all embrace. Ari Schwartz responds. 
in general, we're moving in the right direction. The resistance comes from industry more than from the administration on building in incentives on this space. There has been testing done by the private sector in this area about how much implementation there is. Gardner has done measurement studies on the NIST framework itself. They're shown that there is great uptake to it. People understand how to use it and it's really helpful for a large, large number of companies that have been using it. The question is, how do we get more to do that? Most of industry seems to be saying they think that that should be done through market-driven solutions and the government shouldn't be as actively involved in that. There are some in industry that believe that the government should be more involved. And I agree with the idea of looking at government ways to get involved to provide carrots to companies in this space. But there is resistance from a lot of industry to make some of those things happen. Steve Chabinski. Overall, and this gets back to Larry's point, what an amazing job NIST did working with the private sector and getting best practices in place, literally reviewing thousands of comments uh, and input going around the country and meeting with people individually. It really was a tour de force in terms of government-private collaboration. NIST framework expresses very complex problems in a very elegant manner, but that doesn't belie the fact that you still, if you're in this area, have a lot of work ahead of you. And I think the next step for the industry is really figuring out how to reduce complexity. But the other issue is that we have to do a much better job figuring out what the metrics of success are in cybersecurity. It's very difficult to measure how we're doing against the problem. It's not difficult to measure how we're doing against the solution. So you could show that you've implemented the solution. You could say that you've configured the solution correctly. You could show that you've actually implemented the results and recommendations of your assessments. What's much more difficult to show is how we're doing against the threat. The threat is responding to our defensive measures. The real question is, over time, do all of our security efforts have the return on investment to reduce this cybersecurity threat? Or do we find ourselves putting in more time and more money into frameworks and solutions that ultimately don't get us to the security level that we need? Is the administration responsible for providing that kind of analysis? See, this is the heart of the issue. We have seen the unintended consequences of going forward when you start establishing what the metrics are. What will end up happening is, is that you will move the ball and the process will go toward what you are measuring. And what people are concerned about in this area is, is that if you don't measure the right thing and the problem still happens, that you still get the exfiltration of data. What really is due diligence in this area? This goes into market incentives. This goes into insurances. This goes into all of those things. So when we talk about testing and putting up the metrics and doing the things, people are hesitant to say, let's measure this because the whole industry will go, well, I measured this and the breach still happened. And the perfect example of this where you have heard this over and over again is with all the data that OMB collected during my tenure under FISMA. And go talk to Alan Sands, and he will argue that certification and accreditation did nothing. If you really look at the basis of that, it's a risk-based approach. You have to say, how much risk am I willing to live with? And then you set controls and then you measure against those controls. What everybody is looking for is the silver bullet and the checklist in this area. And there isn't one because it's so complex. To NISTA's credit, that framework was allowing you to bring all those pieces together. But the underlying thing, you still have to know where to start. You have to know where to start. And if you don't know where to start, which might be Larry's point of on some of these issues with small businesses, then it's meaningless to you at that point. Larry Clinton picks up the discussion. 
we should model ourselves on the process that was used to develop the NIST framework. And that's the sort of process that we ought to be using to deal with some of these implementation metrics issues. I suspect that they will vary, frankly, from industry to industry. But we do have a superstructure in the National Infrastructure Protection Plan that we could leverage to do this. And I'd like to see exactly the same process devoted to developing this work to implementing the NIST framework. And it will be imperfect and it will need to continually go on because we've all talked about the fact that this will grow and they respond to us, of course. Well, then that's just how it's going to have to be. And I don't think that that's so terrible. And by the way, in terms of big government, small government, this is itty bitty government. We're not talking about much money at all to do this kind of thing. And I think this would be money well spent. One last thing. There are some things that we need to be doing that are not cost effective. That's where we're going to have to have a different structure between industry and government. I mean, there are national security threats and there are elements of the private sector that in the present and future are going to be left with what we used to think of as government responsibility. Chinese really attack. They're attacking utilities and hospitals. They're not attacking Fort Meade. Well, they'll probably attack Fort Meade also. But these guys are going to be on the front lines and we're going to have to rethink what is the government's responsibility in this space. And to Steve's point, we haven't done that yet. And this is a critical issue that we hear from industry all the time is if I'm getting hit by a nation state attack, am I supposed to be doing this myself or where does the government? Ari Schwartz. I'm going to agree, basically agree with what everyone's saying and, and put it in a slightly different way, which is when you're a CEO or board member looking at these issues and you're told, well, our liability in this space is over here, but our security spend is over here because we actually think that that actually protects us from security better than where the liability stands. They, they need to worry about where the liability is. And one of the things that the framework did was help to merge those closer together so that you're looking at the things that you could be liable for in the future are very similar to the things, places where you have liability. It's not a complete overlap. And the question is, how do we get it closer to being a complete overlap? I think what you're hearing is more ideas of getting those two things closer together, which is a healthy discussion we're having at this point. But the fact that people do feel as though the framework got us closer to those two overlapping is really the, the, the benefit of what came from it. I, I think that, Ari, you're right. Steve Chabinski. But if you look at industry, especially industries that are heavily regulated, they're still trying to harmonize their regulators to look at the same things and security. And all of the industries seem to have different obligations that are government imposed, not even mentioning the fact that most companies operate nowadays in a global environment, but we can't even conform the domestic obligations. Question whether or not the government really should have one group that really is the cybersecurity expert. And that itself then is divided into providing regulations where there's a core around them and then individualized by sector. I'm a member of the President's Commission on Enhancing National Cybersecurity, and we just had a meeting in which industry came and, and briefed us. One of the individuals who, who briefed the commission said, it's not obvious that the FTC or the FCC are the natural bearers of cybersecurity. Forget about their role as regulators, but every regulatory agency now is being forced to become cybersecurity aware and using that in its regulatory approach. And we see the FTC, the FCC, you know, Health and Human Services. There are so many. And what's happening is that from a business perspective, getting to, you know, Larry's clientele, right? That's really difficult for the business to start seeing the emergence of different standards for which liability, as you were discussing, is imposed in a way that's not harmonized. And I think that we, from a government perspective, can do better to weave from the industry forces that drive our economy to harmonize that so it's a little bit more consistent that we channel the expertise of government, help make this more cost-effective for business. Ari Schwartz. 
huge irony to this, which is the 2011 legislative proposal from the administration, the goal of it was to do exactly what you're saying, was to say all these regulatory efforts go through DHS so you don't have 900 different regulators that everyone has to worry about. DHS has the overlay because they're the only logical place to do it inside the government. You don't have all these different regulators doing it. No one, even Congress, even introduced it that way. It immediately became a voluntary effort. And then the question was, which voluntary effort are we going to Because on what you're talking about with the regulators and what you're talking about with DHS, DHS is, is that Congress and the agencies. This is not a cybersecurity issue. This is, I don't want to give up control of my part. This is a term. Well, so isn't that where leadership comes and into play? And is this the challenge for the next administration? The challenge there you the go. Next administration. And that's <laughs> where you end it because the president, regardless of party, should say, this is how it's going to be. And if DHS, I personally believe, and we can all argue here, and the Hill argues that there, you know, they have areas to improve. Some people would even use incompetent. They passed the legislation and they created DHS. So hold them freaking accountable for their jobs. You know, if you don't think a person should be in that job, then don't approve them so to take me, the job. And, and, and your comment about the lack of streamlining or however we want to put it is a critical issue in terms of oh, implementing yeah, the, the, the well, all right, if, if I could for a sec. Larry Clinton. In, in terms of the NIST framework, we're not going back yeah. five years to the administration's proposal, but in terms of, of implementing the NIST framework, and it's supposed to be voluntary now, and what the private sector is finding is that they're having double and triple digit increases in compliance costs, and this is counterproductive because we don't have enough security people, and all the security people are over here doing compliance when they need to be doing security, so this absolutely is. So my question to Ari then. Steve Chabinski because you brought up legislation. Does this require Congress or what we're talking about now with agency alignment and regulators? Is that something that the executive branch can do on its own and not have to wait for Congress? To pull in the independent agencies, the independent regulators, you need the Congress Act. There's no way to do it because they do not have to listen to the administration. In fact, if the administration says to do something and the independent agencies actually start to do it, they have to worry about what they do is going to be seen as not being independent. You need Congress to tie it together. Otherwise, the independent regulators can't act. We do have this effort to try and pull regulators together, right? There, there was a forum that's of independent regulators that, that the Nuclear Regulatory Commission is working with four or five other independent regulators, and then all of them sort of participate where they're trying to, to bring it together. And you also see at the NIST framework workshop, right, the last one, you had all the financial independent regulators get together and do an event there about because they heard so many comments from industry saying that you have to align to the NIST framework. You can't just put out your own rule in this space. I mean, I certainly see it from my clients, payment process processors that have six audits uh, a quarter, each from different regulators. That's just insane. I think the NIST framework actually helps that, doesn't hurt it. And the question is, can we get people to all align around that? So at least, the very least, you do that one audit once to the framework, and then you've demonstrated it for all six. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time. Mm-hmm.